Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You don't always have to like him. But you have to respect him. The Roy Green Show continues. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. So I'm reading a column, an opinion piece in the Washington Post the other day. The uh, headline is, How Long Before the White Working Class Realizes Trump Was Just Scamming Them. I've not seen the, uh, the word white as it pertains to race as much uh, for a long time as I've seen in the last couple of weeks, particularly from uh, U.S. mainstream media. Go back to election night and Van Jones saying it was a white lash. Mr. Jones uh, is either going to be in Toronto this coming week or was in Toronto a couple of days ago. I'm not sure which. But he's uh, celebrated as a former czar in the uh, Obama White House. I found that, that term white lash to be, uh, to be disturbing. And I've been wanting to read you the uh, story from The New Yorker. The column from The New Yorker in American Tragedy may have an opportunity to do that. We're going to be speaking to our guest in less than a minute. But last weekend, I asked you to tell me what your opinion is of Americans who voted for Donald Trump. What your opinion is of the voters who selected Donald Trump on their ballots. It took a long time until we finally got to the point where you were answering that question. A lot of people thought I wanted to know what you thought of Donald Trump. No, I wanted to know what you thought of the people who voted for Donald Trump because they're ultimately responsible for the man who's going to enter the White House. Uh, Recount. Well, there's going to be a recount in a number of states apparently, but nothing's really expected to change. So what do you you think of the the people who who, uh, voted for Donald Trump? That was the question that I asked. Then I received an email, which I'll read to you a little bit later, from uh, one of our listeners. His name is Rick. And Rick didn't hear that segment. He heard about it. But he sent me an email, and believe me, I'll read it to you in a bit. Believe me, when Hillary Clinton described half of the people who were going to vote for Donald Trump as a basket of deplorables, that was a compliment compared to how Rick described the people who voted for Donald Trump. But I want to start off with, uh, with speaking with one of the members of the U.S. College of Electors. And those are the people on the College of Electors. They're the ones who will cast the final ballot as to who is going to become president of the United States. They will be the ones who make the final decision. The voters make their decision, and then, based on the numbers of votes, the members of the College of Electors are, are chosen, and, uh, and then they vote on who's going to be president. Michael Benarian is an Electoral College member in the state of Michigan, and he joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Michael, thank you for taking the time. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Let's start off with this. Before we talk about some of the responsibilities you have and what's likely to and and maybe not to happen, Mm -hmm. I, I was reading stories about you, and I find that you've been receiving threats, including death threats, including people... Um, threatening to shove a gun down your throat. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, unfortunately, it's a side effect of uh, this election cycle. It's been divisive on both sides. And, you know, after Donald Trump won the state of Michigan and the electors from the Republican side, myself and 15 others, were chosen, uh, the inundation of, of, of Facebook messages, emails, I'm getting probably four or five letters to my home every single day, uh, started to flow in. And unfortunately, some of those were some death threats, some death wishes. And um, it's, it's really sad to see. Uh, as an American, you know, that's not how we like to, to conduct ourselves, and I, I think it's pretty un-American to have been receiving those kind of things from other Americans. How does that affect, uh, affect you? Mm. Yeah, you know, I, I really try not to let this bother me, because if you, uh, these people essentially are just bullies, and if you uh, allow bullies to think that they're having an effect on you, that they're changing your day-to-day life, then you, you're letting them win, and I refuse to let them uh, really cause any problems in my day-to-day life i i i try to ignore it at, at worst they're just annoying <laughs> so but other than that you know i can't i'm not i'm not taking these people seriously they're just they're just bullies and unfortunately that's just a pattern we've seen out of the the left not just in this country but around the world yeah and i i admire you for taking that position because they're just mm-hmm. most of them are just blowhards and they're, they're mm-hmm. upset at the fact that Donald Trump won the election and you're a convenient target. The fact that they find out where you live and send you letters, that's, a, that's way, way over the line. Um, t- tell us, please, how do you become a, a member of the College of Electors? How does that work? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. It's such a vital part to our process, but not a lot of people know about it. So essentially what happens is every state does this differently, but in the state of Michigan, the uh, Republican Party and the Democratic Party and actually every other party uh, who has a presidential candidate on the ticket, nominates 16 electors for the state of Michigan. We have 16 at their state conventions. So in August, the Republican Party of Michigan had their state convention, and I was elected as one of our 16 uh, electoral college voters so that if Donald Trump won Michigan, which obviously he, he ended up doing, we would then be the electors to cast those ballots in Lansing on December 19th for Donald Trump and Mike Pence for vice president. Do you uh, do you campaign for the position? You know, it's not it's not really like a prolonged campaign. We split up into our district caucuses, so we have um, fourteen congressional districts in the state of Michigan, and each congressional district has an electoral vote. I'm in the ninth congressional district, so we broke up into our caucuses during the convention. Anybody who wanted to be a candidate um, was nominated by another member, and that was seconded, and we all got up and gave speeches talk to people, and within that little caucus, they conducted a vote, and uh, I was elected, and um, I, was, I was very lucky. We got a lot of really passionate uh, activists, Republican activists, that believe in the future of the party of the country. I'm only 22 years old, so it was a great honor to be elected by them. Yeah, it speaks a lot about you and the confidence people, people have in you, Michael. Um, well, you know, I, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, also, it's, it's more of just also a confidence just in the future. A lot of people um, look at young people and they don't necessarily think that they've really been involved enough in the system that they have maybe a, an inaccurate view of how the system is run. And I think it just speaks to our faith in the, in the future, too. So you don't need a safe space now that Donald Trump's won the election? <laughs> no, but I, I, I have some, <laughs> some more liberal friends that, that do. I actually I attend university at, at Oakland University in Michigan and we had a couple of my friends had their midterms canceled, which was uh, interesting. Couldn't handle, couldn't handle the the trauma 
of being uh, a loser, <laughs> I guess, in the election. Yeah. So it's hard not to laugh. Yeah, it really is hard it, not to know, laugh. Yeah, no, it's 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 funny because the, I was always brought up that you you have some ups and downs in life, and you just have to you know lower your shoulder and go through it. And some of these kids feel like they're entitled to having time off or having a safe space because they're just offended or upset with life not going their way. It's, it's uh, unfortunate, really. Uh, the only advice I have for them is get used to it. Because, you know, yeah. the old cliche, life is what happens to you while you're making other plans. Right. Michael, let, right, me get right, you, right. Let, let me get you to hold on for just a minute. I want to talk to you about how the process works going forward. How, in fact, Michael Benarian and the other members of the U.S. College of Electors will get together, when they get together, how the vote is, uh, is done. Is it uh, you have paper ballots or is it a show of hands? Or, I mean, how, how does, how's this going to work? And what's the date that has been selected? And how might that dovetail with any, with any recount? I don't know if uh, Mr. Benarian can speak to us about the recount issue, but certainly find out from him how the vote itself will go on the day the College of Electors decides that uh, by majority that Donald Trump's going to be the president of the United States on the 20th of January of next year. Stay with us. Don't let his bark fool you. Roy has a softer side, too. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Next hour, we're going to be joined by uh, Patrick Brown, the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party leader, concerning the uh, hydro rates, the electricity rates in the province, which have... uh, Significant numbers of people having to decide between heat, light, food, and rent, because they can't afford them all, because the electricity prices have skyrocketed so dramatically because of the Liberal Premier's mistake. Premier Wynne admitting she made a mistake. What can Patrick Brown do to change things? And we'll be talking to one of the Ontarians who's caught in this mess of trying to pay for hydro, trying to pay for food, trying to pay for rent, and can't afford to pay them all. And people are having their hydro turned off because the rates have gone sky high. Nobody was able to predict that. Well, the person who made the mistake, probably. And Francesca Dobbin, who's the executive director of the United Way in Bruce Gray County, is going to be back with us. You're very lucky to have Francesca Dobbin in Bruce Gray County. She's a fighter. Amazing. Just an amazing person. Uh, Maxime Bernier, just a quick, uh, before I go back to my guest... Maxime Bernier, Member of Parliament, Conservative Member of Parliament, on Justin Trudeau and his words of praise for Fidel Castro. Maxime Bernier tweets, If Fidel Castro was a dictator, then how do you justify being friend with him and calling him a remarkable leader? It's a good question for Mr. Trudeau. A very good question. Michael Benarian is with us. He's an elector, a member of the U.S. Electoral College, who will decide... Finally, they'll have the final vote on who becomes president of the United States. And, Michael, is there any question in your mind about this recount maybe changing things? You know, honestly, it's, it's, it's pretty ridiculous, this recount effort. In the state of Michigan, for example, we haven't even certified the votes completely. The Board of Canvassers meet uh, by the 28th, um, so we, we still haven't certified the vote. But essentially, the results are in. They've been counted. They've been rechecked. The Secretary of State went through them. And unfortunately, right now, you're just seeing people 
who are really all about themselves, trying to undermine our system and plant a seed of doubt in the minds of Americans. And it's, it's irresponsible. And I'd also like to point out that it's very hypocritical, because I'm sure if you recall during the debates, Donald Trump was asked if he would accept the results of the election were it not to go his way, and he left some question in mind whether or not he would be automatically there to accept those results. And Hillary Clinton and the Democrats said it was a danger to our democracy, it was uh, dangerous, and that this was a horrible thing for him to say. And now when the tables are turned, they're hypocritical, and they're doing the same thing that they said was dangerous and against the democracy and things like that. So it's, I don't think it'll change anything, but it really highlights the hypocrisy of the American left right now. I have a friend who sees a conspiracy in everything, mm-hmm. and uh, he suggested to me the other day that if there is a recount, it will be because the left has found a way to rig the election, as Donald Trump said he was worried would happen, and he worries that there will be um, a victory for Hillary Clinton because they'll have found a way to rig it. Now, like I said, my friend's a little bit he's borderline paranoid, so... <laughs> But but I'm sure he's not the only person who, who feels that way. But let's step beyond that, and let's talk to you about what happens going forward. How many members of the uh, Electoral College are there? Do you meet as a group? How do, you, uh, how do you register your votes? Yeah, so there are 535 members nationally, and it's split up by each state. You know, it's funny, uh, the elections are not federal elections. These are state-held elections, and each state has assigned their own electoral of voters and we as a state decide how they're allocated so it's not a national election so we don't meet up uh, with all the other ones what happens is each state uh, has their electors meet on the same day in their state capitals on december 19th and we in the state of michigan have a special session of the senate and we formally cast our votes those votes are then notarized approved by the governor and the governor sends those results to the united states congress and the vice president of the United States in front of a joint session of Congress reads out every name and every vote uh, for president and vice president of the United States. Michael, what's the rationale for the uh, existence of the Electoral College? Hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful system, and uh, the rationale is, is ensuring that every American has a voice in the system. You know, a national popular vote, which, by the way, people throw that term around, doesn't actually exist. Uh, taking the accumulative popular votes of various states and their state elections that have their own election laws that differ from each state and coming up with this arbitrary number is not a real thing. But the the Electoral College is ensuring that big states like California and New York do not decide the fate of our elections every cycle. It ensures that people in Wyoming have a voice uh, along with the people of California and uh, it's, it's, it's really a beautiful system because that's, that's the American way. It's, it's ensuring that everyone has a voice, and that's what the Electoral College secures for people, is that voice. Yeah, if you didn't have that particular system, looking at your population distribution, small states like, well, where Bernie Sanders came from, Vermont, would be yep. irrelevant. Correct. But, yeah. but, but yeah. Vermont has its assigned numbers of members of the Electoral College, so Vermont has a voice, and ultimately a state like Vermont or a state like New Hampshire, which is another small state tucked away in the northeastern corner of the United States, those states could ultimately have a significant role to play in who becomes the president of the United States. Right, right. And I think it also speaks to how diverse our country is. You know, Donald Trump won 
well more than 80% of the geographical United States. And, you know, these people living in these very densely populated cities in California and New York have their lives that they go through and their view of America and how it's run. But then you have middle America where your manufacturing and agricultural uh, uh, groups come in and they live different lives than Americans on the East and West Coast. And so to, to have your elections rely just on one part of the country really takes away a voice of, of all of middle America, which really live different lives than the Americans on the East and West Coast. Uh, Michael, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you so much. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on how things go over the, over the weeks to come with a recount, but I agree with you. It's a lot of hot air. All the best to you. Yes. Michael Benarian is a member of the College of or the Electoral College in the United States. He will, with his fellow electors, be casting the final ballots, which will recount notwithstanding. See Donald Trump as the next president of the United States, 45th president of the United States. So I asked last weekend, what do you think of the people who voted for Donald Trump? Not Donald Trump. I don't want you. I don't want you to tell me what you think of Donald Trump. I wanted to. I wanted to know from you what you think of the people who voted for Donald Trump. Basket of deplorables. So I would have left this alone, except for the fact that I received an email from uh, Rick, who listens to the show, and he sent this. Sorry, I missed your show on Saturday when you were asking your listeners what they thought of people who voted for Donald Trump. I think a sizable percentage are either bigots, racists, misogynists, xenophobes, homophobes, or some combination thereof. The rest are suckers conned by a reality TV show huckster. So you see why I said basket of deplorable sounds like a compliment. Rick writes, sorry I missed your show on Saturday when you were asking your listeners what they thought of people who voted for Donald Trump. I think a sizable percentage are either bigots, racists, misogynists, xenophobes, homophobes, or some combination thereof. The rest are suckers conned by a reality TV show. Huckster. All right. 1-800-263-2428. 1-800-263-2428. What do you think of the people who voted for Donald Trump? Are they deplorable? Are they misogynists, racists, uh, xenophobes, homophobes? What do you think of the people who voted for Donald Trump? 1-800-263-2428. And do you have concerns that this recount could be rigged and it might result in Hillary Clinton becoming president of the United States? one 800 263 Twenty-four, twenty-eight. Call me now.